Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel Proclamation comes from the Gospel Lesson of St. Mark and serves as the basis of our theme for the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany. They went into Capernaum, and immediately, on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him? At once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Who is in charge anyway? Chaos rules in various times and places in our lives, and we rarely, if ever, are prepared for it like we would like to be. Oh, we go into work planning on a good day. Then the errant problem arises, and before you know it, all the plans for the day are shattered in an instant, and the rest of the day is spent addressing the collateral damage from the unanticipated difficulty. Or we embark on the family camping trip, or go to the theme park, or cruise to the Bahamas. And rain thunders down and changes the entire experience to one of sheltering in place with revised plans to keep the kids entertained. Or it's simply that epic time of the church here. Christmas, Easter, a wedding day, or a funeral. Then a family member comes to church having had a little too much to drink. The air conditioning goes out on the hottest day of the year, or the screens don't work for the funeral, and nobody gets to see the family pictures. On occasions like the above, a disgruntled participant might begin to grumble under their breath. Who's responsible for all this? Who's going to fix this? Who's in charge anyway? Sometimes it's obvious. The manager or the boss takes control quickly. Mom or dad have alternate indoor games ready to play. Or elders quickly come up with a way to adjust to the worship chaos. Then people are grateful that someone indeed had it under control. And even through the chaos may be astonishing, even though the chaos may be astonishing for a moment, true leadership kicks in and makes it bearable and manageable. But what about the unmanageable times and the unbearable times? What happens when we are faced with natural disasters, terrorist acts, or even demons? 
Certainly, we have seen the hurricanes and tornadoes, and we know few, if anyone, can truly handle that. And some of us may have even been witness to the chaos of a terrorist attack. But only Jesus can control the supernatural and demonstrates that today in our gospel lesson. In Mark's account, we found our, find our Lord teaching in the synagogue amongst his Jewish brothers. What is interesting is that they let him. Now, the reason why is Jesus had more than earned that opportunity by just by being a proper Jew in good standing up to that point. He came from the right lineage. He was religiously observant. Every year his family absorbed, observed Passover, and he was universally recognized as a rabbi and teacher by the scribes, Pharisees, chief priests, and Sadducees alike. So having his place in the synagogue surprises nobody in the crowd that day. But what he really had authority over would shortly shock everyone. Just another day at church, we would all say, until the unthinkable happened. And it started with Jesus teaching. He had a dumbfoundingly different approach to teaching, distinct from anything they had ever heard before. It knocked their socks off, as we would say today. It struck down any concept of teacher they had before. And he spoke with an authority that put all others under his submission, simply hearing him for the first time. And that was when the unclean spirit, who possessed a man out there, cried out, immediately recognizing Jesus' ability to subdue all things under himself. This had not happened before in all the times this man had been present, or he would have been thrown out of the synagogue and never allowed back in. How many times had he listened to various scribes and nothing came out of their lips to cause his unclean spirit to cry out? But today it was different. And it was different because Jesus was different from any other man that ever lived. Jesus had the power as God himself to subdue even the unclean spirits that terrified everyone else. The chaos erupts in the congregation and they are all clearly spooked. And who wouldn't be? Demons aren't supposed to be amongst God's people, especially his chosen people. No one is supposed to have that kind of power over the spirit world. And terrifyingly, Jesus does. Some may even have been wondering, if the spirit is not in the man anymore, where did it go? Will I be possessed next? Will it be waiting for us outside? Should we follow this Jesus everywhere he goes, or are these spirits following him everywhere he goes? The abject fear in the hearts of the men there that day may have injected these very questions into their minds until they learned who Jesus really was and what he really came to do in this world. Sometimes it goes that way, when the real leader reveals themselves in our midst as well. Especially if they distinguish themselves in the face of 
overwhelming odds. The Medal of Honor winner who performs superhuman human feats. The unassuming community member who runs into a burning building seemingly without fear. Or the parent who literally sacrifices themselves to save their child. We are astonished at their ability to do what they did and wonder what is it about them that they could do what almost nobody ever would. Unfortunately, the astonishment at Jesus would shortly turn to hatred toward our Savior, for their astonishment would become fear. The way he manages the unmanageable would require them to never imagine life without him again. Sometimes we need to reflect on that reality in this season of Epiphany. How often do we simply want to be in control, even over the uncontrollable situations in our lives? How often do we look away from our Savior to other means that never save or give us the control we think we'll get on our own? How often do we look for signs, wonders, and truth in lies, propaganda, and cultural opinion rather than in our one true God? The world promises life, selfish life, and hands us the glorification of death in return. The culture claims unity but divides with lies and tragedy, the dark promises secrecy so that our sins can remain in anonymity. The world wants Jesus dead, so we can never live again. So Jesus takes the world's direction and dies for them. Can you imagine the disciples on the day Jesus died? Here was the man who controlled wind and wave, healed the unhealable, and even held the demons themselves in submission, submitting to death himself? Did they stand at the cross wondering, wasn't he in charge? Little did they know right then, he was absolutely in charge, and demonstrated once for all by dying on that cross for us. He was the king, and the cross was his throne, and his death submitted death itself under his feet. The disciples would find out soon enough from the account of the women who saw him alive first, on the road to Emmaus, in the appearance of in the locked upper room, and finally on Ascension Day, there was never anything to be afraid of. There was never need to doubt. There was never cause for concern. For he did what was prophesied thousands of years before he did it. He proved unto the very gates of hell itself, who's in charge. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.